The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, <laughs> I, we're going to be talking about something that you know you still want to talk about, even though, uh, even though it's a day or so old. We're talking about Oscars So Crazy. Last year it was Oscars So White. This year it was Oscars So Crazy. Indeed, um, although President Trump has not apparently been uh, tweeting in the way that one might have expected in regard to the Oscars, and Jimmy Kimmel's uh, jokes at his expense, although they were rather mild, much milder than I was expecting. Um, I had I tweeted up a storm before the before the Oscars uh, and after. Actually, um, I wrote. Well, first of all, nobody seemed to notice about this, but uh, I tweeted more important than Oscars so political. That was the hashtag that uh, I was helping to increase the uh, use of. Oscar is so political. More important than Oscar is so political, today equals anniversary of 1993 World Trade Center attack. Hope Show has minute of silence to honor. Rest in peace. Well, they didn't. <laughs> you know, it would have been nice. I mean, they had a wonderful mo- in memoriam, but uh, it would have been nice if they would have mentioned that this was also the day, the anniversary of the World Trade Center attack, the first one from 1993. Anyhow, I also tweeted, I always watch Oscars because media wants my analysis, but dread Oscars so political. Don't want rants with my movies. Yes, I was really dreading watching the Oscars, but it turned out to be actually quite entertaining, especially the last part. Um, Then also, after the Oscars, I wrote, still no real answer for Envelope Gate, nor nor why La La Land didn't win. Baby hesitation mistaken for senior moment. Will real culprit please stand up? Well, we kind of have the real culprit now. We, we know that. Um, but we don't know all the details, and that's where my guest today is going to come in. Ken Levine, he um, is not only a former TV news director, but he's also currently the director of media operations at Relevant Media Agency. And um, covering the news, he was backstage, as he was last year as well, um, covering the, the real news, the real story behind the Oscars, literally. So, Ken, welcome to the show. Hello, Dr. Carroll. Hello. Have you recovered from, uh, <laughs> from the Oscars? Well, if it's, uh, it's certainly not recovering physically, sort of recovering from the the disappointments, et cetera. I was, um, 
really anticipating this year's show on the basis of what was going to be said on the stage and what ended up not being said on the stage. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. But the, um, but the overall tenor and the backstage and the uh, before and the after stuff was still incredibly political, just so political this year, so much more than any other year. Well, it's so interesting, and of course I want to get into that, but it's so interesting. You had the opposite reaction to it or expectation of it. Um, you wanted it to be more political on stage, like Meryl Streep was at the Golden Globes. I was dreading that. In fact, I, w- I love Meryl Streep in terms of her acting. Um, I've pretty much seen everything she's done, or certainly in recent years. Um, and do you think she's overrated? <laughs> I don't necessarily think she's overrated, but I didn't want a repeat of the whole speech at the Golden Globes, so I was really kind of hoping that she wouldn't win. Well, that's not nice, number one. But uh, <laughs> I know. Um, I never said I was nice, I, but... Well, I mean, you I know, think, not because... I don't think I, and I love that movie. Ken, did you see... Um, um, this is... What was it? God, what was in the movie? Um, the movie that Meryl Streep was in this year. Yes, yes, uh, Florence. Um, yes, of yes, course. yes. F- Florence Foster yes. Jenkins, right? Yes. Um, and it was. A, I saw it twice. In fact, I loved the movie. So it wasn't because of that, um, but just so that we wouldn't, we'd be, we would be spared the speech. Right. I understand. I, I, I don't think she was ever really in the running to begin with, but um, uh, there were ample opportunities for other people to. Uh, to say things, uh, I think um, I think there was a lot said before the show. I think there was a lot said backstage during the show, and I think there was a lot said after the show. And um, I think because of the the white overtones of last year, this year's was so diverse that it sort of took away some of the political overtones that you might have seen um, in a speech that uh, that wasn't said. Well, what do, you, what do you mean by that? I mean, I certainly, you know, I certainly, of course, noticed how the, I mean, that actually bothered me, um, that it seemed almost forced, you know, rather than, uh, you kind of had to wonder, did all these people really deserve it, or did all these, I mean, it just seemed like such a, um, a 180 from last year, and of course, it's great that we're going to be more diverse, or, you know, that... But it just, it seemed like it was um, almost um, placating, you know, or just not sincere. You know, I, I, have to be, I have to be totally honest with you. I, I totally disagree with that. Uh, yeah. I think, last, I think last year you couldn't point to three or four or five movies and say, oh, my God, why didn't they get nominated? They were, they were brilliant. They right. were so different. They were so unique. And have them be, you know, minority-laden movies. This year... Totally different story uh, between hidden figures and moonlight and uh, loving and uh, and fences. Uh, you know, you had you had four or five movies that were absolutely one hundred percent not only Academy worthy, but they were brilliant movies and uh, and they were they were honored because of it. So I I, I don't think that that was the case. Um, I think that um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of thought went into. The, uh, the nominations this year. I think more screeners went out this year, which is almost a, uh, a, a weird thing to say because they, there's so many that go out. But I think more screeners went out 
this year than in past years. And I think that people, by the time the, by the time the uh, the voting went down, everybody had pretty much seen everything. And so I think the votes that went down this year were were uh, were, were pretty reliable because the academy is notoriously um, uh, remembered for its. Uh, conservative attitudes and, and it's not liberal attitudes obviously even though it's a liberal base and this year the votes showed it i mean you had numerous uh uh you know winners that last year wouldn't have even been nominated so i i think it changed I think okay it changed but that's kind of but that's kind of my point like it seemed like maybe they went overboard to give movies that perhaps they, w- they would have passed over without even watching maybe you know last year um, and they went overboard to try to give some of these other movies, not not all white movies, a chance. I'm I'm not sure that there was anything remotely as good as what came out uh, in the uh, in in last year's movies. I think the movies that were nominated were far superior to the ones that weren't last year. So I I don't think that that was the um, that was the thing. Um, I also think that there was, uh, yeah, and I also thought that it was very interesting in milling around, especially uh, uh, before the show, uh, a couple hours before the show, were, were all the topics. In the past years, like last year they talked a lot about the upcoming election, you know, but they weren't as, as heated in their discussions about what's, what's going on in the world, what's going on here domestically, uh, the immigration problem, the, uh, uh, the health care problem, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so much talk about these things that uh, no matter who you were, whether you were a, an actor or an actress, a writer, a musician, uh, you know, a, a stagehand, a, a cinematographer, it, it didn't really matter. You were literally being asked questions, by, especially by the foreign press, that you probably weren't ready to answer, but you did mm. anyway. It was very interesting. Mm-mm. And was everybody, I mean, were there arguments backstage, or was everybody sort of in the same Meryl Streep vein? Well, I know you may not want to hear this, but, you know, the the Academy and the Hollywood A-listers are um, notoriously uh, uh, known for their being liberal, being left to, uh, way left of where you are. And uh, I have to, I have to think that they were preaching to the choir. Once you got backstage and you were talking to your your fellow nominees and stuff, you literally got into uh, discussions, not heated discussions, agreement discussions. Uh-huh. And I think that 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 was a little different than uh, than the red carpet and and previous to that, because you were not mingling just with your own. You know, you had the press, you had the. Uh, uh, you, you had a bunch of different kinds of people. Once you were backstage, you were with the nominees, and it was it, it's not the same. You pretty much agreed on everything. Uh huh. And um, like, what was the with the foreign press agreeing, or would the you know when they were asking these questions about politics, were they uh, expressing their opinion or agreeing or not? That's a very that's a very good question. That's an excellent question. Um, it was obvious to a lot of people that the foreign press were asking questions so they can have a sidebar story to their mm. regular Academy Award story. I think they wanted to pinpoint a certain statement and credit it to an, you know, an actress or an actor or something like that uh, that they could, uh, that, you know, that they could have like a headline for. And uh-huh. unfortunately, 
unfortunately, like I said earlier, pretty much everybody was in alignment with, with everybody else. Most people were, were dumbfounded and they just want to know what the, uh, you know, Obamacare replacement is going to be. Instead of just saying we're going to replace it, they want to know what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so they were, you know, they're, they're all breathlessly waiting because there's so many people that this affects and so many people that they know that, that this is, you know, that this affects. Um, it was pretty much universal. I'm not going to go into a pro-Trump or a, or a, or against Trump, et cetera, et cetera. But it was pretty much universal. These are all mostly Democrats or independents that are not really in tune with the present Trump administration, nor with his uh, with his cabinet, or nor with the policies and stuff like that. And those were those were topics that were uh, discussed quite often in the back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. One, Jimmy Kimmel. We have to say up front. Um, I, well, let me ask you first. How, what did, how did you think? What did you think about him? How did you think he did? I, I, I thought he did. I thought he. Uh, I thought he was great. Um, I thought he did a great job. I was a little disappointed that I thought he was going to go a little bit more over the top, especially with the political uh, uh, the, the political jokes. And, and he didn't. He disappointed me just a little bit. But he definitely made up for that with entertainment. The running gag with uh, with Matt Damon. The uh, bringing in the tour bus. Things like that. The candies coming down from the uh, from the rafters. Things like that. I thought were. Uh, were really good showstoppers, and something that up until the end of the show, uh, pretty much you would remember the show for. Um, yes, but, yes, uh, yes. But he, he, he was. He, yeah, yeah. I thought he was. Um, he was quite good, and I thought he was uh, a little bit too reserved. Well, it's funny. Uh, of course, now we're going to disagree about that. I thought he was great. Um, I really liked him. I thought they're probably going to ask him back. I thought he was better than anyone that. Um, you know, in recent memory, actually, because I thought he walked that fine line. He could, he, you know, yes, he could have been a lot tougher, but he was, he was still funny. Um, and we'll talk maybe about some of his, uh, some of the uh, jokes that he said. But, you know, he wasn't very hard hitting. I mean, one of the ones that I think people are going to um, remember are um, his tweets to uh, Donald Trump. That was kind of in the middle, right. more or less, of the show. Well, he said. Let me, let me read. He said, we're more than two hours into the show, and Donald Trump has not tweeted us once. I'm starting to get worried about him. <laughs> That's what he said. And so he, he you know, they had put up this big screen, and he, they, he typed into his smartphone, hey, Donald Trump, you up? Uh, hey, at real Donald Trump, you up? And then he signed his name, and then he added, Merrill says hi. But he didn't send out the tweet, apparently, and uh, Trump didn't tweet back. So... But that was very funny, and that's something that was so visual. That's something that people are going to really remember. I think you, um, I think you really uh, are a very observant, observant uh, a viewer because everybody thought that he tweeted that. He really didn't. Had he have tweeted that, I really believe that you would have gotten a response, only because I think that, that President Trump really relishes that kind of publicity. Yes. And he would have been, it would have been seen by 200 million people around <laughs> the world and uh, I think I think they both missed an opportunity there. Yes. Um, well, I mean, I, I, he probably didn't send it because he was a. Fr- I mean, I think Trump wouldn't have been able to resist tweeting back for sure. And, I agree. Uh, I agree. <laughs> and he probably probably would have been one one of the off the cuff, typical off the cuff remarks, and he probably would have been might have regretted it afterwards, but. 
And, and he said, well, he probably didn't do it because he didn't want to stir up the audience even more, stir up Jimmy Kimmel even more. You know, that would have gotten... And I guess there was no time. The producers probably didn't want him to do it either because there would have been no time for what, what would have ensued um, to get back to the movies. But, um, well, let's start talking. Let's, oh, we're almost out of time in this segment. But if, when we come back, of course, we want to all know what you know, what you saw behind, backstage in terms of what went on for the ultimate, the worst mistake in Oscar history, the, um, the naming of the best picture. And, um, you know, there's, there's, been such, there's been such speculation about it. And I know, you know, there was an apology issued and so on. Um, but yeah, I'm sure, I have a feeling you know even more about that than what has so far been in the online. So yes, we can talk course. about that when we come back. So my guess is... And of is course... Lo- the- yeah? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, and of course the uh, ever popular swag bag. I have all yes, the information. Yes, we have to talk about that too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> did you get, did you manage to get one? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> well, my guest again is Ken Levine, a former TV news director. He's currently the director of media operations at Relevant Media Agency in Los Angeles. He's also the owner of More Than News Productions. He's a public relations maven extraordinaire as well as many other, he's got many sides, Mr. Ken Levine. He studied journalism at the University of Hawaii and received a BA in broadcast journalism from the University of Southern California. So he knows about all sides of what goes on in Hollywood. So we need to take a break now. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and stay tuned. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about Oscars So Crazy. This year's Academy Awards, which was this past weekend, was a nonstop roller coaster. 
kept us on the edge of our seats. We were wondering, uh, we were looking for flubs, you know, you have to admit, I know you, you are all looking for some kind of uh, embarrassing moment, but I think we all got more than we expected and more than we would have liked at the end of the show. So my guest today is Ken Levine, and he's Mr. Hollywood, and um, he was backstage at the Oscars, and so he's going to be telling us uh, the things that you aren't reading about online or hearing about on the radio or other media, um, in particular about, uh, about Envelope Gate, um, this fiasco at the end. But before we get to that, I do want to ask Ken what to tell us. You know, I, I'll be honest, I was disappointed that La La Land didn't win. So for me, not only was it like the awkwardness, they kept, everybody kept saying it was so awkward, and it was, <laughs> the awkwardness, but it was also that the bottom line was that La La Land didn't won, win, so it was like a double disappointment for me. So tell us about La La Land and Hollywood. Well, as you know, and I guess we can say this over the air, um, I, uh, I told people I got a, an opportunity to see this movie a long time ago, way before most people. And um, as soon as I saw it, I said, no doubt about it, this is the movie of the year. Not that it was the greatest movie I ever saw. Um, not that any of these other movies that were nominated were were that much were, were that much uh, worse than this movie in any way, shape, or form. But this movie had something about it that we don't see anymore. And uh, Damien Chazelle made a movie that is uh, for the ages. I mean, this was the modern musical, the modern uh, uh, you know rags to riches musical, and it was brilliant in every way, shape, or form. Therefore, it actually did gather 14 nominations, the most nominations ever given to a movie tied with the Titanic and All About Eve. And there was no reason to not think that it was going to win the best movie. However, in recent weeks, Moonlight has been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of attention. It, it had won some critics' awards. It won the Independent Spirit Award. It had won, you know, it, it's won several awards. And it was a, a brilliant movie. Not on the same entertainment level, I believe, as La La Land, but uh, there seemed to have been a, a backlash in recent months um, concerning La La Land that it was, compared to everything else, and I'll use the words, it was too much white bread, that huh. the singing and dancing weren't really professional singing and dancing. Well, huh. it, was never, it was never supposed to be, you know, that, that kind. It was supposed to be two people that aren't singers or dancers that learned how to sing and dance um, for this movie, and they, uh, I think they pulled it off very well. Uh, I think that I don't think that there was anything wrong with Moonlight winning the award. I think the way they won it is certainly um, going to last for a long, long time. But um, I don't think there was anything wrong with that. And nobody was surprised, even when they called the name of La La Land that it actually, you know, that it won, even though it didn't. Um, nobody was that surprised. I mean, there was no such. If it had won the best movie, nobody would have been surprised because it was the odds-on favorite to win. Um, Do you think maybe some of the backlash came from the fact that it's been winning a lot of awards in other uh, competitions, like it won the Golden Globes, right? Yes, yes. And it, it won, won the Golden Globes. Yes, yes, it, it did. It won other ones, but, too, right? Yes, it did. It, yes, it did. But it won what they like to call the mainstream awards. Um, and... Uh, I really, I really do believe that in recent weeks there's been, there has been a little bit of a backlash because it didn't really, um, it didn't really cross over to, um, 
Well, obviously, it crossed over to Academy voters because the Academy gave it 14 nominations. So yeah. um, the fact that it did gather 14 nominations, more, you know, way more than any other movie, yeah. uh, you know, certainly, certainly made it that, since it didn't win, kind of a disappointment. It, was best, it won Best Director, it won Best Actress, it won Best Score, it won Best Screenplay. I mean, there's a myriad of things that it won that should lead up to the best movie. Yeah. Um, it's not that often when a director wins for directing and doesn't, and, and that movie doesn't win the best movie. So that was a little bit, um, you know, that was a little bit unorthodox, in my opinion. So why don't we talk about now, because I want to make sure we have enough time for it. Why don't we get right into Envelope Gate? Okay. Well, first of all, I must tell you that I've never heard a gasp that loud that lasted so long in my life. Um, it, uh, well, let's, let's, let's start from the beginning. As everybody knows, uh, you know, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, uh, Bonnie and Clyde walked onto the stage. They did their little shtick, and then he opened up the envelope, and the minute he opened it up, he knew there was something wrong. If you remember that he yeah. then looked in the envelope, there was another envelope in it. It's because he was actually holding, there's two envelopes, um, for, uh, depending on which side of the uh, stage you come in on. There's an envelope on stage left, and there's an envelope on stage right. And uh, he got one of the envelopes, and Emma, Emma Stone had gotten her envelope and walked off the stage with it, meaning there was another envelope that said, Best Actress Emma Stone, La La Land. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, whether, he, whether the guy was tweeting at the time, which we know that he was because, you know, you know we have a cell phone and we, we, we see what he was doing, um, he neglected to change the envelope and handed that envelope to Warren Beatty, who then proceeded to open it up and knew there was a problem, probably should have brought it to the attention of the producer or a stagehand right away instead of just holding on to it with that, you know, quizzical look saying, what's going on here? And then she picked, and Faye Dunaway picked up the envelope and just saw the words La La Land and said La La Land. Yeah. Now, and you I, have I to remember that. I felt bad for him because I know, course, because I course. thought, and I think a lot of people thought he was having a senior moment, and I was thinking, oh, no, you know. Is no, no, not, not even remotely. Not even remotely. Well, I no, know that's not what it turned out to be, but that's what it seemed like at first. Like everybody was kind of thinking, oh, dear. So go the ahead. Only problem that he, the only problem that he had is that he should have brought it to someone's yes. attention immediately. Because the big, big problem was she announced La La Land, and immediately, you know, half the contingency for La La Land started running up to the stage. Yes. And, uh, and you know, there, there's a lot of people, an awful lot of people that came up to the stage, including, you know, including the, uh, the director, the producers, uh, Emma Stone, John Legend walked up there. Ryan Gosling walked up there. You know, everybody that was involved in the movie. Um, and uh, during this period of time, the uh, people from Price Waterhouse Cooper, who know the winners, who have knowledge of who the winners are, um, they, it took them a minute and 57 seconds before they jumped out onto the stage and said, no, this is wrong. Um, they probably should have done that immediately as soon as they heard the name La La Land. They should have been on the stage, and that caused a big problem because yes. they were well in. They were well into the speeches by that time. Yes. Yeah, so why? So tell us about this accountant. So there are two accountants from Price Waterhouse 
Coopers that um, each, as you were saying, one on one stands on one side of the stage, backstage, and one stands on the other, and that depending upon where the celebrity is coming out from, they hand the envelope. So, and apparently, um, this envelope, the best envelope, was supposed to come from the accountant Brian Cullinan, who apparently was um, starstruck with Emma Stone. So. Did, did, tell us about that. Did you see what happened before he? I mean, I guess he wasn't no. making. No, not, it probably wasn't very noticeable until we saw the results of what his mistake cost. Yeah, we were. Um, you know, the, the press and a lot of the other people were in were in different rooms backstage. We're basically watching a monitor, just like you are at home. Uh, you know, basically watching the broadcast, just as you are. So we're not up close and personal watching it like that because we're not allowed over there. So. Um, we're, we're watching it on TV, but you just knew that something was going on that was wrong because there was this big, you know, gap. And then when uh, when the producer of uh, La La Land said, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, um, this is not our award. This is, uh, you know, the award goes to Moonlight and stuff." The unbelievable. By, by that time, we had all kind of moved into an area where we could peek into the crowd and the stage as fast as we could just to see what was going on, even though we were, you know, security you know, didn't want us there. You, you still wanted to do that. Yeah. And uh, there were a couple of photographers that wanted to, I saw, I'm, I'm sure you saw some of those pictures where people's mouths were agape at, at that <laughs> point. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, and it was, it, and it was literally mass confusion. Um, it, it literally was mass confusion. I felt terrible for the people from Moonlight. I felt ter- terrible for the people involved with the movie, uh, with, with La La Land. Um, and uh, I actually felt worse for a system that hadn't failed the Academy in some 80 years. Um, you know, here, here's a kind of a foolproof system, exactly the same. Listen, Price Waterhouse is famously known as the accountants for the Academy Awards. Um, you know, if you were to stop people on the street and ask them mm-hmm. you know, about Price Waterhouse, they wouldn't tell them about some of the incredible clients that they have and some of the amazing financial things that they've done. All they're remembered for are the Academy Awards. Right. And I, I'm... And I'm afraid, I'm afraid this one faux pas, this one um, neglect where they didn't double check and somebody was not on the job uh, may cost them this this gig, uh, and I think it's a terrible thing. Um, remember, by that time, the show had, had gone, was over three hours and 38 minutes, almost three hours and 40 minutes, um, which was over. It was uh, well over. And I'm sure that this guy was saying, well, this is my last shot. This is the end of the evening. If I don't get this thing done now with Emma Stone, I'm never going to do it because I'm not going to be allowed backstage. I'm not going to be allowed in the parties. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And I think he just neglected his post. It's a terrible thing. And it was just a couple of seconds that changed the course of the, of, of the entire award mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's probably going to be fired. <laughs> Well, you know something, it'll, it'll probably be done very surreptitiously, and we probably won't know about it until well after the fact, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> What's the problem here is that the foreign press immediately jumps all over this kind of stuff, because once again, you know, you know, we, can't, we, you know we can't handle our own stuff. And <laughs> some, of, some, some of the stories that, uh, that came out of this were, uh, were, were ridiculous you know, all over the world. One of the most fun things to do on Monday was to sit on a computer, yeah, on Monday was to sit on a computer and um, literally take a look at all the headlines from major newspapers around the world. And yeah. um, 
with all the stuff that's going on in the world, even in our own country, uh, <laughs> with all the stuff that's going on, this was the lead story, the biggest story, etc. By next week, it won't even be mentioned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's actually a nice, uh, refreshing change for a bit to have, uh, like the Google News page, for example, instead of it all being things anti-Trump, it's nice to have something, I mean, even though this is an unfortunate situation, too, but it's, it's, it's I don't know, at least it's not about uh, another million people killed one way or the other, or, you know, the horrible news that there is. This is kind of less horrible than, than a lot of what's in the news. I, uh, I know I totally, you wanted to I, talk about the swag bags, but let's let's talk about that. It'll make make us drool. Well, it's um, it's it's changed so much over the years. It's unbelievable. I find it fascinating um, to find out what the uh, what these people are actually getting. And this year's, they put a price tag on it at two hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Oh God. Um, in, in, included included in the bag this year, um, and by the way, it was uh, you know the bag has been put together by a company, a marketing company called Distinctive Assets, and they've been behind the uh, the marketing of this uh, of this swag bag for like about fifteen years now. Um, and uh, in one of the reasons is the uh, the kinds of gifts that you, you get. Uh, there is a um, a vacation to uh, Lake Cuomo in Italy for a couple of days, including mm-hmm. airfare. There's a six-day trip to an exclusive resort in, on the island of Kauai. There are personal training sessions. There was a, a smart home, which is valued at about $75,000. Um, there was a, um, uh, wow. oh, my favorite one, my favorite one was this English company puts together underarm s- sweat patches. And, <laughs> um, and uh, they were the first things taken out of the bag, because that's probably the only thing you can enjoy other than... Uh, <laughs> Wait a second, I'm just really... A smart home for 75000 What is that? You mean like the ele- um, wiring your home up to be a smart home? <laughs> and then some. I mean, it takes you into the 22nd century, literally. It's, un- hmm. it's, it's unbelievable. Um, there was a lot of women's apparel. Um, there were uh, amazing pillows pillows that were valued at like $200 each. There were expensive chocolates. There was jewelry and earrings, spa retreats, um, a five-day mansion stay at a, uh, at a, uh, um, uh, a northern, northern California uh, coastal area that is like, it's the most unbelievable place you've ever seen. And it's funny watching some of the lesser-known celebrities that have been nominated for the first time take a look at the bag. They literally yeah. sit down and go through the bag. I can't tell you who they were because I, I, I really can't do that. I'm not supposed to. But yeah. some, some of the bigger names just pick up the bag and hand it to their assistant. They don't even look in it. But uh-huh. others, they literally sit down, shut off the rest of the world, put their, <laughs> cell, phone down, so put their cell phones down for five minutes and actually go through the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's very tempting to to do that. God, I, it, must, it must have been pretty heavy to carry, like the pillows and things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that the pillows were in there. There were certificates to pick up. Oh, the pillows, oh. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. so it made it, it made it, it made it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I and I think I think they don't like to discuss it because they know. It's over the top. It's too opulent. It is. It is. 
elitist and all of those things, and I think they don't want to discuss it. But some of the first-timers can hardly wait to tell <laughs> somebody, you know, oh, my God, look what we got. So um, <laughs> it's, always, it's always like that. But getting, getting back to the... Um, to the uh, 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 before before the uh, Oscars, you know the fact of where it where it is in Hollywood, and the fact that everybody knows what time everybody's arriving and stuff like that lends a big crowd. And of course, this is the year of the protest, as you well know, um, uh, on both sides of the fence. There's all any time you can get on camera with your protest, um, you know, you, you you show up. And there were yeah. so many protests outside the theater and up and down the boulevard. Um, pre, pre-arrival type of stuff. Mm. So, well, it's because people are smart now. They know that the media is there, and they're waiting for the celebrities to arrive, and they might as well have some kind of story yeah. prior to that, since they're already set up and ready to go. So, there were all sorts of protests, but there were serious, serious protests involving, um, it's not just being anti-Trump, it's being, you know, anti-what's going on. <clears throat> More along the lines of, what are we going to do about, about health care? How is this going to affect my taxes? Are they going to take Medicare away? away? You know, over and over and over and on and on. It was all sorts of little um, protests going up and down the street. And I did notice a couple of the limos that were pulling up, rolling down their windows and actually shouting out questions and, and uh, you know, uh, um, accolades to some of the protesters, which I think that huh. they really got excited about. Yeah, I like, I like watching that. Huh. You mean like uh, saying "go for it" or saying that kind yes. of thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Keep keep up the good work. That kind of stuff. Mhm. Mhm. That's interesting. And I'm sure this must have been uh, well. Every every year, I think the the security at the Academy Awards gets tighter, right? Oh my! Yeah, absolutely. The um, oh the the machinations that each person, even even in the press, um, has to go through not only to do what you have to do outside the theater, but those, those lucky enough to get inside the theater um, that you have to go through in order to, um, to actually get your credential. And yes. then once you get your credential, it doesn't mean that you're going to be allowed in. And you have to go through another screening process before you get in. So, yes, yeah. to, to, yes. to answer the question, yeah, the security is, uh, security is, uh, is, is quite tight. And imagine um, with but, um, all the can't... other... Uh, let me just we'll, 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 let me. Can you hold that because we need to take another break right now? But we will come back Absolutely. and see what everybody should be imagining. My guest is Ken Levine, Mr. Hollywood. Um, you were talking today about Oscars, so crazy. And indeed, uh, if you did watch the Oscars, you'll certainly know what we're talking about. And um, and if you didn't, <laughs> this is a great recap. Um, I want to talk also about when we come back. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the tour bus. Um, I don't even know what to call the tour bus. Um, a bunch of people on a tour bus, seemingly uh, unknowingly, were deposited onto into the auditorium of the Oscars. So we'll talk about that too. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the 
experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking about Oscars oh-so-crazy. We're reliving the Oscars. This is like a uh, forbidden fruit. (laughs) We're reliving the moments, and this time we're reliving them with someone who really knows what's going on. Ken Levine, he was backstage covering the Oscars for the news. And um, uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, security, and I think that leads really well into a question that I had about the tour bus that deposited people into the auditorium. I, I, I was like, I wasn't sure, I'm still not sure, um, whether that whole thing was real. It just seemed, I mean, everybody, everybody on the tour bus did look very awkward, but, uh, the, and they were told that they were going to see a museum or something, um, a museum of Hollywood uh, antiquities or something like that, and and they then found themselves walking into the auditorium on camera. So what do you know about that? Well, it's, it's actually a, gig, a, a gag that, uh, that Jimmy Kimmel is kind of famous for. He, he's done these kind of things in the past. Um, I was, uh, I was uh, uh, very impressed that he would do it during the Academy Awards. And to tell you the truth, I think it came at the right time because I think that there was kind of like a, kind of a pausing during the awards. It wasn't... It, it, the, the excitement had waned just a little bit, and I think it, mm-hmm. it, it all happened really well. I think what what also made it interesting is the way he allowed them to stand in front of all these A-listers and talk to them and shake their hands and take pictures and selfies yes. and all that kind of And I think yes. it also broke the with them as well. I think uh, um, I don't think anybody was really uh, appalled by it. I think it was quite a funny gag. The only thing that disturbed me, or maybe not the only thing, but one of the things that disturbed me is here, okay, they walk into the room, and at some point they realize, oh, my God, we're in the middle of the Academy Awards, and there are cameras, and these are, look, at, look at who's there, all these celebrities. Um, and, and yet they were taking selfies. I mean, some of them took, I know it's kind of hard to, like, I mean, some of them actually asked the celebrities to be in the picture with them, but, but I, I mean, here you are, like, selfies, taking 
I don't know. It just bothered me that, that, that they spoiled the moment. Like, instead of living the moment to the fullest, um, being present in the moment, they well, had to take yep. everything in our life these days is about selfies. The, the problem I have with that is, um, is this was the biggest night in Hollywood. You know, it's the, the number one thing. The only question mark I have, and I don't want to ruin it for your audience, but the, and, uh, or you, but the only problem I have with this, on the number one night in Hollywood, um, and where the streets are absolutely blocked off with security like you wouldn't believe, especially at that time during the actual awards, how a tour bus could have gotten anywhere near <laughs> the, uh, the theater, um, and then how these people may be the only people in the country to not know the Academy Awards are on <laughs> at that point. Yes, that I really know. I was thinking that. How did they really not know? I know they were given this story about they were going to see costumes or something or other, but I mean, did they not know that, that this was the night of the Academy Awards and that it's in that theater? Or, I mean, like, didn't they, <laughs> didn't they wonder why? Um, everything was so roped off and they, there was not another car for blocks. That part was a little weird. I, but um, I, uh, I agree. <laughs> but now there were people, I mean, I think, I, I tend to believe at this point at least that these people were real because there, there's been quite a, uh, uh, a lot of news about Gary from Chicago who had said right. that he, he was the one who came with his fiance and they had Denzel Washington marry them and so on. That was kind of a cute thing. But um, he was released from jail three days before the Oscars. And so it came out, since he became such a celebrity, it came out that he was in jail actually for relatively, he was in jail for 20 years, but they, um, his lawyer said it's a sad day to be in prison for 20 years and not be able to be a dad, etc., etc. Anyway, but one of the things that contributed to his three strikes was um, attempted rape. So he's on the sexual predator list. Now, that was when he was a teenager. Um, but still, I don't, think, um, I don't think Nicole Kidman would have been happy knowing that the man who was kissing her hand <laughs> was on the sexual predator list. Well, I also feel, I, I agree with you, I also feel that if they knew they were going to do this gag way ahead of time, which I'm, I'm sure they did, um, and, uh, and it was a legitimate gag, then why weren't they all vetted? Why weren't they all scrutinized a little bit before they allowed them to be standing in front of some of the most well-known and, you know, well-to-do celebrities in the world, um, mm. you know, on live, on live television? Yes, I know, I know. Well, it was interesting, and yes, it did. I must say that even though it did seem long, um, on the whole, Jimmy Kimmel's jokes really did keep it moving and keep people laughing. And then I know that there's been a complaint over the years by the people attending that they get hungry because it's at least three hours, and during that time they get really hungry. And so having these um, candies being dropped at during the... Uh, during the ceremonies uh, was a good idea for a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, it was really funny and cute, and you see, you know, you see everybody grabbing for the, <laughs> for the uh, trying to get the candy, but um, also it kind of kept them awake. Yeah, well, you know, this was, um, this was a variation of something that, if you remember a few years ago when uh, Ellen DeGeneres was the host of the Academy Awards, 
she um, she called up a um, a pizza delivery guy oh, right. and had like seventy five pizzas delivered. And, yes, uh, that's you know, true, and, right. And they went crazy over it. They ate them all. Mm-hmm. They ate them all. Yes. And, um, mm-hmm. so, so this is this has happened before, but the way he did it with the um, uh, and and we were told before the show um, that something like this was going to happen, and that the security and the uh, they had to get like a, an extra insurance binder huh. in case these things hit somebody on the head and uh, caused a problem and stuff. So I mean, it was a it was a very expensive gag. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Even though it was just these little candies, but yes, I could just see that. Yep. Exactly. Somebody complaining exactly. about that. Um, yeah. Anyhow, the, the crowd seemed to have the crowd seemed to have really liked it. Yes, yes. Now um, let's talk about some of the other movies. So, okay, so the best picture was Moonlight. I have to admit, I did not see that. Um, but you know, of course, a lot of times you know that they did. I'm sure you you read this too. Um, surveys that they did of people before the Academy Awards. And there was a survey that 60% of people didn't even know, couldn't name one of the movies that was being um, nominated for Best Picture. Do you, do you know about that? Yes, and, and I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you why. It's because this year there wasn't one of those major blockbuster action movies that everybody goes and sees. Um, you know, Star Wars wasn't nominated. There wasn't a Die Hard. There wasn't a... Uh, you know, a, a Harrison Ford movie. There wasn't a Clint Eastwood movie like that. You know, it, 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 that's that's what happens when it's a more artistic um, uh, a genre of movies that you know that come out. Um, and yeah, I, I I have to be honest with you. A, the standard moviegoer is probably not going to go to the theater to see Moonlight, um, or he's, gonna, he's not going to go and see La La Land either. Um, uh, two very fine movies. There were actually the movies that were nominated this year were all brilliant. I don't know if you got a chance to see the uh, the movie called Lion, which was absolutely phenomenal. Um, my my personal favorite of the year. Um, I thought Hidden Figures was a very very interesting movie and and well received, and actually did decent box office. Um, I just I think and I think Denzel's movie Fences. Is not really a movie. It's a play that they put on. They put on the big screen. Right. I uh, saw that. that very, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Um, Denzel good. did not look very happy. He hasn't been looking very happy at award ceremonies. I saw uh, the Golden Globes, and they kept flashing on him. I don't know why exactly. I mean, but but he was not. He was not a happy camper, and he wasn't really looking very happy here either. Except for when he got up to you know, and he was kind of roped into being the. Um, the person that, who Matt married the, these people who came in from the uh, tourist bus, but do you know? Do you know what about what's what's up with that? Well, I, I'm glad you asked it. That's a very good question. Denzel, I truly believe, feels that the Academy owes him two two awards. Um, how he could not have won when he portrayed Malcolm X years ago. Um, is uh, is beyond beyond anybody's expectations because it was by far and away the number one uh, uh, performance by an actor that year or any other year. This year, besides directing himself, he also had a, a, a magnificent performance. And when you think of the other actors that were um, that were nominated, they were all they were all good, but they weren't really a tour de force like Denzel was in Fences. I mean, he, he carried the movie. 
he was the entire yes, movie. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I realized that you don't give an award to an actor that directs himself, but at the same time, imagine how difficult that must have been for him to be satisfied with whatever scenes he was in that he's directing and yet turn in a performance like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I think that, that that weighed on him. I think there's movies that he's been nominated for in the past that uh, that he uh, didn't think he should have been. But I think this was one that he thought that he should have won. Now you have to remember he has two Academy Awards: one as a supporting actor and one as a best actor in two movies that probably don't tie the shoelaces of Fences or um, or Ma- or Malcolm X. So um, you know it's it, it's it's it, it's weird. That's all I got to say. It, it's an interesting way of doing things that, you know, the voting is very, uh, intricate, et cetera. But, um, you know, the, um, it was, it, the, the, the entire w- group of winners and losers this year, um, there's always going to be some kind of controversy. Um, and I'm not talking about the La La Land moonlight controversy. I'm talking about the actual actors, and the actresses. I don't think there was too much complaining about the, uh, who won the best actors and the best actresses and things like that. Um, it, it was a foregone conclusion that Emma Stone was going to win because it was a great performance. I mean, she she played a performance that she could have played in 1950, you know, mm-hmm, and, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, you know, I'm, for that reason, she she nailed it. Um, I think well, Ryan Gosling's performance yeah. was a little bit more understated, and that's why he didn't get the nod. Uh huh. Uh, and of course, he won the Golden Globes, and she won the Golden Globes. So I guess they they, they feel good about that. Um, well, but you have to remember. Wait a minute. The Golden Globe, they probably wouldn't have won it, but there's two different categories. Remember, there's drama, and then there's comedy and musicals. Yeah. And um, you know they they don't lump them together like the Academy yes. Awards. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I, I want to go back to something that you said before because I think it's the really the most important thing. As much as uh, as much as I, I, I feel a little cynical about, you know, this kind of over-diversification, over shall we say, um, I will say, I, I am thrilled that there is no, uh, that none of the violent movies, like what you were saying, the big blockbuster violent movies uh, were part of this, and that really m- movies that were sensitive, that were artistic, um, were, you know, were nominated and won. And, uh, I mean, they were all, you know, well, I don't, I'm not sure about all the nominees, but, but the, the, this was a much better crop of what we um, usually see as far as it was, it was much more sensitively done. Now, whether that, whether that was because people gave, the, the Academy gave people um, who they might not have looked at before more of a chance because there was all this effort. It was really an anti-Trump effort, I felt, to make it all so diversified, um, or whether it was just because that's kind of what there was out there this year. But still, it certainly is a great improvement from some of some other years where there were so many violent movies. Well, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head, Dr. Carroll. I think that's a great point. I also think it gives hope to all those movie makers that have been sitting on scripts and ideas that they're afraid that nobody would ever be interested in, mm. that now are suddenly going to bring them to the forefront, and we're going to be able to see movies that we probably wouldn't have been able to see a few years ago uh, in the coming years because of this. Yes, yes. That's a good point. I certainly certainly hope so. And I would certainly uh, 
recommend, um, you know, certainly La La Land. The one thing, <laughs> I do have to have a little caveat here. Oh, we have to go, but let me just quickly get in. Manchester by the Sea, the Casey Affleck won for that. I saw that movie. He was great. But um, as they, they made a joke about it, something about you have to, uh, the customers who saw that also purchased Zoloft because it is kind of a depressing movie. So if you are feeling in a depressed mood, please do not go see uh, Manchester by the Sea unless you're with people who will make you laugh afterwards. <laughs> well, Ken Levine, thank you so much for sharing your always insightful perspective uh, on Hollywood and movies and um, all and celebrities and all of the above. So thank you very much. And thank you all for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, and I will be back next week. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 